<laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, what were you thinking, reset, Rob? Reset, reset, <laughs> and go. Action. Here we go. Boom, this is not scripted. <laughs> read read the prompt. What's the what's or, the thing that you were thinking of that we on, don't the telepro- know about? It's the teleprompter is going too fast. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and boom goes the dialogue. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so my idea is something I want to do. I want to make a survival guide like pamphlet slash book slash document slash you name it manifesto manifest oh manifesto nice okay we're making progress a survival guide for college students during like breaks especially summer break but like make it really that's all that was probably one of the things that i admired most about like baron's formation was like the stuff that stick, stuck with me was so like concrete and tangible. So like, I remember him saying in a homily one time, "You should, like, you should work out um, enough to break a sweat three days a week, and if you do that, you're going to be in pretty good health." Huh. And so it's just very like, so you could be like a fitness like freak like myself, or sometimes you could, I feel like I'm just devastatingly, scandalously swole. But, well, or you could be a bum like Mets did mm-hmm. and yeah, have true. to like walk two miles an hour on the treadmill for that's 15 the, that's minutes. That's the scandal on the other sweating. side, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as long as he's breaking a sweat three days a week, mm-hmm. which he could he just should. be doing whatever. He could be writing a letter and break a sweat. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. Hey. Uh, so hey, one so- of the things that I came up with was that you should pray long enough every day to let God tell you that He loves you. Hmm. And so if that's like, if that's 10 minutes, that's, uh, that's okay. As long as God had enough time to tell you that he loves you. Or if you're doing a holy hour, that's great. So my thought was like, break it down, you know, like 10 little essays, you know, a couple thousand words a piece or something like that. And get a nice little, nice little document manifesto huh. going. And I was like, I could start hammering this thing out or... Delegate it could be a three dogs north thing, and you guys could pretty much just do my work for me. And we could give it as an <laughs> ebook for free. Whoa, <laughs> dude, that would be really cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay, I mean, I because I I think I'm gonna make it. Yeah, do you want me to like do a little outline and send it to you guys of what I was kind of sure thinking? What it, brainstorm? What what were the other things you were thinking? Well, I I mean, the prayer was like the biggest the biggest one, and that was kind of something I. I think that came right in a homily a couple weekends ago. Was pray long enough every day to let God tell you He loves you. I'd say I was wake up, put... wake up before ten a.m. so you can go to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. That'd be yep. a good one. <laughs> uh, honestly, Baron's thing of like break a sweat three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna put in there. I was gonna maybe put in there. Um, something about there was another Baronism when he told us to read until our eyes hurt. Wow, um, that's a lot of reading. It is, but. Uh, he straight up told us that I damaged my eyes because of that. And so, yeah, I wear glasses now. I had to get yeah, LASIK. I literally <laughs> wear glasses now, probably because of that comment. Uh, but I don't know. I was thinking something along the lines of 
yeah, take w- like one um, a book or like a little bit more serious read. Um, what were some other ones that I was thinking of? I've been jotting them down. I don't have it. Um, my, my challenge is when oh, I was, was in college, one was, one was like, go and seek out like something beautiful. So I was going to, mm-hmm. I was thinking actually talking to you, Bisque, of seeing if like, if we could get a little SIUE UIC like meet up at the art Institute one day, we could take the train up any That'd students cool. that are around. Oh, dude. Great idea. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Um, so there stuff would have like to that. Be, you would have, you would have to have something about being creative whether that's reading, writing, uh, constructing something with your hands or something yeah. that you can get yeah. your creative juices. Cooking. And there has to be something about spend time with friends intentionally at least once a week. Right. right. But see, but it's got to be, I want it to be like more, I want it to be like even more concrete somehow than that. Like spend time with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like what does that mean? I would uh, say something like one or two phone calls a week just to call. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I obviously and then like I uh, wouldn't do that. You got to go to mass every Sunday. Like if you're on vacation, you got to you got to figure out a way to get to mass. Mm-hmm. Um Duh. and like go to confession at least like obviously if you need to more, but at least twice like over the summer months or stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Could we just have like those things as the first bullet points? Like these are obvious. Yep. And just get them out. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, you absolutely like need to do this. You need to go to mass every Sunday. And then you could put in there like, again, I guess depending on where you're at, but go to like one daily mass a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to mass on Sunday. Yeah, I like it being eminently achievable stuff so that, Right. Um, it's not like a self-perfection thing. It's just here. Here are some things that are easy to measure and relatively easy to do that will keep right. you kind of within the guardrails. Which it, which is different than like okay, let's get out your calendar and like put your holy hour in the calendar. Yeah. That just right. never seemed to work for me. No. Nope. Anyway, I don't know. Well, and that's why I said wake up before ten because a lot of my kids, I think, work. And I worked over the summer too. I would stay in Champaign and work in labs and things like that. But over Thanksgiving breaks or Christmas breaks, I would just like devolve into the lowest state of Seabisk um, and just stay <laughs> up watching TV till like three in the morning and sleep till noon because <laughs> I had no obligations. I'm I'm really not good without pressure. I've gotten better in my maturity or lack thereof, but. I certainly in college that was that was my where my dragons were was sloth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a funny phrase, dude. Devolve <laughs> into the lowest form of Seba. <laughs> <laughs> just the instant image that conjures up is just you slothfully on the couch, like a in slug. a bathrobe and sweatpants. Oh, watching another reality TV show that I hate just because it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yes i like that dude i like that all right well let's do it let's and i think it'd be like i mean i think it'd be pretty especially if we were going to knock it out like as a 3dn thing mm-hmm. if we did like frick we could do like three essays a piece on this stuff mm-hmm. you know and leave mets like the easy stuff obviously yeah. dude seriously do that like please coloring book kind of things 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, here's here's some too. here's ten very serious essays, five apiece by Juice and Bisc. And here's a and picture here's that Mike a, drew. Here's a picture that Mike colored <laughs> to look at. <laughs> Hey, adult coloring books are very popular right now. They it's are. a billion dollar industry, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that number. No, it is. I'm serious. A billion dollars? That's what I heard. Wow. Oh, we should have them watch, like, we should make a list of, like, ten movies, and they have to watch one of them. Hmm. But good movies. Okay. Yeah. What else? Um, something on a similar but different topic, um, branding and marketing 3DN. Uh, I was talking to Father Nathan Goebel of, uh, the podcast that shall never be mentioned. Don't say it. And, uh, he was saying that, because there was a little bit of hubbub about us maybe doing some kind of crossover cast at Seek, because all of us will be there. Yeah. Which I think is a cool and doable thing, but what's even more doable, what they're doing, I guess, is contacting Focus themselves, and they have some kind of media booth. This is all, I'm getting this through Father Nathan, but um, Catholic podcasts, podcasters that are there can record an episode live like with all their mics and equipment and stuff, and they'll just record it for you, and you do your own show format. They won't allow a lot of this mixing and mingling, cross-pollination, but if you... if we got a slot. I need to investigate. I have in my to-do list. If we got a slot, then they just announce it over the at the stage or whatever. Like Three Dogs North will be recording in t- ten minutes. If you'd like to sit in and listen or something like that. So, what do you guys think? Should I? I mean, would I Focus be able to handle the logistics of the crowds that would form? That's a good question. <laughs> hey. That's I have probably no my idea. biggest concern. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest concern would be the crowd for sure whether there would be a person there or not <laughs> yeah that's tough to say mm-hmm. oh i don't think our moms are coming so who's gonna sit there i'm down for whatever as long as i don't have to put any work into it okay i'll look yep. into it cool yeah, that and sounds you, good to me and you email us that outline we'll as we're really good at getting back to each other on text and, and finally finding a, a time to work together. It's good that you're just yeah. adding something for us to do because we're the podcast is going great right now. I'm putting that on my to-do <laughs> list. I'm putting that on my to-do list. Outline. Look, if yeah. I can if I can just say this is uh, when I write my incredible essays slash color well within the lines um, for for this project we'll call it i don't know what you want to call it but it has to be next semester for me uh in terms of actually writing because like porter has sent me a couple of scripts to edit and to to write up and i i have no creative mojo outside of what i'm pouring into the thesis and like i have no extra motivation to write uh for stuff that's outside of that or yeah. So unfortunately, I'll have to wait to write until after the semester. If I don't know if you have like a timeline for it, but Mm-mm. I can definitely. I'd like to have it. like at least a working draft for this year, like going into the summer break. I mean, so that's May. Anyway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I just I probably be won't be able to like de- like get into it, get into it until next semester. If that's and I don't okay. want it to be a huge. Th- I mean, I want it to be pretty like straightforward of. Hey, here's something that could like actually help you during your summer mm-hmm. break. You know, 
Um, I've been working on a little something on the side here too. I'm uh, loath oh. to, to talk about it. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, one last thing, because um, if this is going to take a while, I've also been thinking. Uh, ah, man, this is going to devolve into the lowest oh, form of Seabisc. Form of, not the lowest form of Seabisc, but a deep, <laughs> a deep level of Seabisc. But I watched the movie Creed the oh, other day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you see there's a Creed 2 coming out? Yeah. Well, that's why. Because, see, my brother and I um, are huge fans of Rocky Four when he ends the Cold War against mm-hmm. Drago. Yep. And. Of course, Creed 2 is Drago versus Creed again, I assume. Anyway, that's what it looks like. So I hadn't seen Creed. Super good movie, dude. And I would actually hold... It was interesting because the other night I was just flipping around and the original Rocky came on. And it was the scene that like him and Adrian were on the, the date at the... Um, Ice rink? At the skating rink. And he said, you know, he can't sing or dance, so that's why he fights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he is a enduring, like really cool character this rocky balboa guy so i'm I'm kind of more and more sold on this disc tron yeah so so were you moved to tears no mm. well no no i wasn't i wasn't um but i was also thinking too if we ever did a three dogs north get together we should go to philly and run the stairs have you ever done that Ooh, no i haven't i've never been to philly Dude, we need to take you on it. We could meet there sometime. We could call it a Three Dogs North Symposium, and we could talk about our awesome book that we're writing for the summer <laughs> and run the steps in Philadelphia. I like that. Let's freaking do it. I Honestly, I had that big desire. I think it was from the Holy Spirit. I was like, I need to go to Philadelphia with Bisctron and talk about the higher things. Mm-hmm. And run up those stairs. And run up the stairs. I mean, yeah, that is. I'm sure they're easy to find. They'd have to be. Some art museum, I think, is at the top, is what I've told. Well, I think that's even in one of the movies when he has his son. And you look closely, you can see your whole life from up here. Oh, that line. That is. (laughs) I'm thinking about it now. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. All right, we can cut it off if we need to, but. I'm actually serious. 3DN Symposium, Philly, you name it. Two days, we'll go run the stairs. All right, at the very least, we'll plan on anybody who happens to be listening that's going to be at Seek. We're going to do our best to to get on the Seek media schedule. And if not, you know to boycott Seek if we're not on the list. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Bring tomatoes, people. Not for (laughs) us, of course, but for all the other... Media booths. All the other quote podcasts, unquote. Yeah, dude, should we mass distribute eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we have a thing last year about Seek or SLS where we were talking about what booth we should have? Yeah. I remember I remember weird. LOLing pretty hard at that, but I don't remember what we, th- what we decided I, on. I actually do because we said we were going to give out actual tattoos. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, tempor- not temporary, but, but real and- tattoos. <laughs> and I don't know where this came from. I think it was honestly Mets, but we were going to release a bear. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I can't remember. Things, it just got a little crazy. I don't know. Well, I've been working on, um, yeah, I don't know. 
that I want to talk too much about it because then it make, gives pressure that you actually have to do it, which is kind of like mentioning that book. Now, if we don't do it, then we look like losers. So we're going to have to That's do right, it. That's right, dude. We mentioned doing a speaking tour. That's true. <laughs> We've talked a lot never, about a lot of stuff and never done yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Then we got emailed on said speaking tour. Like, oh. Oh, we <laughs> weren't. <laughs> we didn't really mean that. Which we were very open to. Like, I'm so open to that. But <laughs> yeah. it just. It's it's chaos. We can't even get together to podcast. I know. Dude. Yeah. Our schedules are pretty insane. Hey, shout out though to the Denver crew that I was with last week. I did a little mini retreat day for six focus missions, hmm. including but not limited to the Griswold. And it was really cool. Oh, nice, anyway, Martha. So. Wow. But yeah, the Griswold is the name of the uh, the Christmas vacation people, right? Mm, you know it Griswold no I've been working on an album oh wow yeah I've been working on like album. actually recording stuff yeah so I, I I had this one song I think I played it for you Mike it's kind of like a pop ish song about modern life uh the whole thing with the electronic therapeutic yeah indie music um and I was like I kind of want to record this but it, I like a lot of my songs that I've written, I kind of feel like it's okay just playing it on guitar and singing it, which is how I've written it and performed it in the past, but it needs like a drum bass kind of band to fill it out. I don't know what happened, but I just happened to think, why don't I open GarageBand on my Macintosh computer? And uh, I know real sound people will be being like, ugh, GarageBand, but it's... Uh, I, and we don't use GarageBand for the podcast. A lot of people do use uh, GarageBand for podcasts. I, we use Audacity. I use Audacity. You guys just sit there and talk. Um, You're welcome. And uh, <clears throat> it has like a whole click track thing and you can up the tempo and it makes it very easy to uh, overdub tracks. And so I started recording that song and... I did the guitar and the lyrics first on separate tracks. And then I was like, it needs something else. So I went and I remembered there was this keyboard at Newman. And, uh, at first I thought of using it as like the, uh, like an actual piano sound. But then I thought an electronic keyboard, fake piano sound sounds so chintzy. So I just went all out electronic, um, like synth. And it actually, like, it just got more and more. There's probably 20 tracks now of overlapping <laughs> synth. But it, it's, like, a really fun song. And uh, and it's like anything where you start to do it, you start seeing all the imperfections and just keep, keep smoothing it out and smoothing it out. But I thought, I will, I would like to keep this as a thing that I work on a few hours a week until I have all the songs that I like that I've written recorded. And I might need to bring my audio interface and microphones to different musicians to record like cello tracks or instruments that I don't play. But I put some Irish flute in one of the songs and, and some, I know a cello player. I know, I know a cello player too. Um, she's hard to get a hold of though. They're hard to, hard oh, to get I know commission. two cello players. Oh, do you know a male cello player? I do. I only know a female cello player, but anyways, uh, it's fun to do. And, um, I would like to get some art made for it. Maybe I get a website and stream it for free for people. I don't know how you get things on Spotify, but it's kind of a nice goal to have. 
but that's what I'm working on, or one of the things I'm working on. Nice. Dude. Since we can't hardly ever podcast because you guys are so busy with your classes and being priests. Mm. So I need a creative outlet. Well, I can tell you, my younger brother JP has mentioned, and I, he actually asked for your email over break and said, Can I email him and just tell him he should record some music? You told him no, right? He can't email me? Yes, I did tell him Good. no. <laughs> Um, actually, I think I may have actually told him no. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, that sounds like a, a great idea, dude. I'll send you. I'll send you what I have so far of uh, the song. I think you guys will like it. And this is the one that has the um, synthesized mm-hmm. keyboard and the yeah. one you just described. Right. Sweet. Did you export it to like an actual MP3? Yeah, you can. I, I have different versions of it but i'm you know i want to get it all before i release it to the general public i'd like to get it where i want it to be i like to re-record the vocals and stuff like i said it's it's like anything you really care about that's why it's nice to have these creative projects because um it's something where it doesn't really have to even exist but once you start working on it you feel like it has to be exactly the way you envision it and so you kind of keep working on it until it's done and then it's fun to share and it's very low pressure. There's no due date. You know what they say in music. You have your whole life to release your first album, but you only have a year to release your second album. Oh. You ever heard that? I, no, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I have my whole life to release my first album. Hmm. True. Hey, Godspeed, man. Thanks, dude. Be awesome. I'll listen to it. You're a liar. <laughs> okay that's it i have to ask <laughs> have you if you haven't listened to alana boudreau oh, dang, oh it. dang it gosh dang it connor <laughs> i have listened to the what what bendrix read one. okay mm-hmm. all right she also okay. she wrote yeah she wrote one on uh it's called dismantled by love mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's like what it's explicitly about but it just talks about like the effects of pornography hmm. on people Dude, incredibly beautiful song. Dismantled by Love. Check it out. I will. I will put it in my to-do list. Um, one thing I was, I was... Go ahead. When I was going down uh, a small but not insignificant Elena Boudreaux YouTube vortex, um, she has a couple of videos where it's just kind of her with... Well, a lot of her videos are just her and a guitar. Uh, but she is very charming. And uh, obviously she has a beautiful voice, but she just seems like you kind of get the vibe like, man, this seems like a really, obviously a great person. Uh, My brother said that after listening to us, the first time we mentioned her, he went and started listening to her at work and he was digging it. My brother, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I was very charmed by her. So here's the thing I was thinking about. Um, I don't know what it is, but I feel like even though my schedule is not, it's not packed. I don't feel like I'm overworked. I feel like I'm doing a lot and getting a lot done. Um, but I have time for fun things like recording albums or talking to you guys, or I went and got my Christmas tree over the weekend and put it up and hung lights on it and doing that thing again. Um, so I have enough time, but I still feel like when I sit down to pray, 
I often feel like I cannot stop the wheels from spinning, you know, mm. and just chill. Yeah, like I feel tight. And just in the last like 48 hours, I really have tried to meditate in the almost like the Eastern sense of like, just be aware of my body. Like last night, I didn't have anything in the evening. And um, Father Jamie's not here, so I'm alone in the house. And th that can be lonely time. And th I think that's part of it is the restlessness. I don't know if you guys feel that. that. Like it's difficult to pray, not because I don't have time or energy to do it, but because I just don't want to enter into the kind of empty space of prayer. I want to fill it up with crud. Mm. And then you end up feeling kind of lousy for filling up the space with crud. But at least you avoided the crucifixion or agony of actually praying and recognizing your need for God. Um, but I just tried to enter into that. Some stuff I've been reading. There's a great book, Toward God, by something Casey that I kind of read little by little. It was given to me by my spiritual director. And he was talking about this kind of meditation of, of actually being aware of your body, like like how cool, you know, California people meditate. Um, like be aware of your feet and your legs and your arms and your hands and your face and all that. <clears throat> Just paying attention to your where you are. And then I had this then I had this thought, I hadn't read about it, but I just like held in my mind's eye the entire universe, like from God's perspective, as like this tiny little marble. And even if you zoom out, and I, I picture the universe as like this collection of a bunch of galaxies and kind of like in Men in Black, you remember with, at the end of Men in Black where the huge aliens are playing marbles with all the universes? Yes, mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so that's kind of how I pic pictured the universe. And zoom out and like the whole space around the universe is just God, except it's infinite. You can't even picture it. It's how big God is compared to everything that exists in this world. But then you zoom into the universe, into one of those clumps of galaxies, and then into one of those galaxies inside that clump, and then into one of those stars on one of the arms of those galaxies, and then within that star system, solar system, then there's this planet that's tiny, and then you go onto that planet, and you see all the blue and the green, and you go onto one big landmass on that, and then focus in on one little lake and on the side of that lake is a city with a bunch of people in it. Then you go into that city and you go into that neighborhood and onto that street that I live on. And then into that house where I'm at, into this room that I'm sitting in within the house, into this chair that I'm sitting in within this room, uh, to me, my body, my mind, my heart, and that God is looking at me and cares about me and just sort of sitting in that, like you were saying about praying long enough for God to tell you that he loves you. Like something about that just, it took me maybe 15 minutes to, to meditate on all that. But uh, I realized, so I think that like, there are seasons in life, but I think that one thing that has kind of been an overarching thing about my life has been achieving things and feeling good enough. You know, and we, we talk about this all the time, but um, I watched the Mr. Rogers uh, documentary with Father Tom Byrne the other night. And did you guys watch Mr. Rogers growing up? Ugh. Have you seen? You've I, seen it. Yeah. Uh, I always thought it was really boring as a kid, especially his interview style was so weird. He would like interview a kid or or a musician or a, somebody make who makes things, and he'd just be kind of awkwardly staring at them and in awe of everyone. Um, 
but this documentary really kind of showed like his whole philosophy on life. He was a, he was a Presbyterian minister. Did you guys know that? No. Fred Rogers. Yeah. Pretty committed Christian. And, uh, his whole MO was basically that every human being is made in the image of God and they're infinitely fascinating and lovable just the way they are. Hmm. And I was sort of thinking about that, like how he looks at people. And there was one scene in there with this kid with like spina bifida or some kind of crippling spine problem. Uh, he has him on the show. And just the way Mr. Rogers talks to this kid and the way the kid obviously feels about being loved by this man, being on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which was his favorite show. And they sing a song about, I like you just the way you are. And it's very, very moving stuff. But just thinking about all of that and how that's really how God sees us. And I preach about this all the time. And I did preach about it yesterday because I was thinking about it. But just like preaching that to myself, you know, is sometimes the hardest thing. Because uh, you think my life has value because I'm doing a good job as a priest or it should have value because I should be doing a good job as a priest and all the things that I do and blah, blah, blah. And who am I trying to, who am I trying to impress, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's a lot of talking, but that's what I've been thinking about. It reminds me, I thought of when I never really, well, it's been, I don't know how many years since I've thought about Mr. Rogers in general, but, uh, but that kind of reminds me, uh, do you know Jean Vanier? Yeah, I've read, he's a, uh, is he a CNL guy? No, I don't think so. He started he's, all the La Arch communities, yeah, Arch. so he's like a Catholic philosopher. I think he's still alive. Um, but I think that's, it's just similar, like how, like even that experience of, um, like Mr. Rogers looking at another human being like that, and it just it'd be like I think there is that right. Mets is it La Arch? Is that what the community? Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Some people pronounce it Larch. The Larch, if they kind of, yes. it's a French word, and they just kind of clump it all together. Okay, okay. Uh, but no, dude, I've always been super like what I've experienced and heard about it. I've always been very impressed of them. Is like you just, in a sense, like are together with people and they oftentimes serve people with like pretty severe disabilities i think and things like that and it's um like what it what's i think it's on becoming human that vanier like he says like life is just a series of letting goes or like um like in a sense like a series of deaths but like you become who you are by by that so like you just in a sense like understand your dependence more and more um, as you go through life. So it's a really, I've always found it to be a very beautiful, like, um, kind of philosophical prose that he, mm. that he uses anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, and there's, there's another that sparks another thing in me. There's a double-edged sword to this too. Cause watch part of my reaction to watching the Mr. Rogers movie was like, why can't I be like that? Why am I such yeah. a jerk? Yeah. That's, you know? <laughs> even what you were saying about prayer and like that desire to, um, to meditate and, um, yeah, I don't. I haven't had the whole like zoom in, zoom out thing going on, um, but that desire, like that restlessness, and like just kind of the tension between like, yeah, like being, but also and just kind of being there with God versus like, I don't know, just the opportunity to like wrestle with desires and things going on. Um, it's an interesting. I mean, prayer is a interesting thing man at least right now it is for me as well um yeah i don't know i don't know how this ties in but i'll just throw it out there 
of I made the some may call it a mistake, um, but I watched some of not all but some of the movie Manchester by the Sea again the other day, and I hadn't seen that I think since we were in the Holy Land maybe, but you got you guys have both seen that movie right right yeah so like Casey Affleck's character. And I was just reflecting on after it, like, I just, I really do. And I think some of it's still like honeymoon phase of priesthood. Um, but I think some of it is, is just like, just very much kind of living in reality too. Of like, I just really love like the people I'm around as a priest. I love the students at Newman more and more like every day. And like the school kids, but the families and the people at the parish. And it's just, yeah, like I've really, really come to love these people that I'm around. But I was just thinking about it of like a guy like Casey Affleck's character who's so broken. And like, I don't even, yeah, I don't even know how you articulate that brokenness in that movie. But I was just, I just had this desire, this kind of like, it was kind of flaming for, for a while in prayer of like, I just don't know how to find guys like that or people like that. Hmm. Besides, I mean, besides like trusting that the Holy spirit will, you know, but I was like, I like, I want to help that guy or like, I want Jesus to help that guy. Cause I know guys like that and, and are out there. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where my prayer has been at. Hmm. I was thinking about a movie that I saw a long time ago on Three North. It had killing in the title. It was about, it was a documentary about this guy. I oh, want to say about it I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and he had participated in some of these kind of death squad things with the communist suppression and uh, basically just killed a bunch of people thinking that he was doing the right thing politically or whatever, that he was basically doing the state a favor and these people a favor by torturing and killing them. And in some, at some point in the movie, you see it dawn on him what he's done um, to other people. Cause I think that he suffers something similar and he realizes like, this is what I did to all these people. And there's just this awful scene. It's even, it, it even feels voyeuristic that it's on film where you just see him like heaving because he out of guilt and shame um, and I had a very similar feeling like, how do I get to that guy? Cause he needs a priest to forgive him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But he's a million miles away. Is not part of our religion. Doesn't have any vocabulary about God's mercy. Like we might. Well, but like even, and I, I think too, I mean, that's very true, but like the Casey Affleck character is like, that guy is so it's just like under our noses close. It's yeah. like he's at the corner of the bar, you mm-hmm. know, down the street or he's like the next guy over at the stoplight or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How do you not just preach to the choir? It's a good question. I, uh, I went and played ping pong at the table tennis club. Did you? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I this think is awesome. <laughs> you got to get out of the, out of the church walls, out of the Newman Center a little bit and yeah, yeah. visit with folks. And, you know, I wore my cleric so they knew who I was. Um, that Okay, that's actually something of, yeah, I've had kind of a conversion of heart. Uh, I mean, I feel like I wear my clerics quite a bit, but like 
um, I was kind of thinking about that, and then I was not going to wear clerics on Thanksgiving because I was just going to family. And my mom, of all people, she was like, "No, you should wear like you need to wear clerics to to Thanksgiving." Um, and I was like, "Okay, I will." And I was like, I, "I've just been pretty convinced of that. I don't know why." That kind of like spurred on some like deeper thought on that. And I was like, "I yeah, need to wear clerics all the time." Um, I do have, well, just a, kind of a couple of things. Y'all are hitting on like a bunch of stuff that happened to me over Thanksgiving break, actually. Whoa. Um, specifically with the, well, two things in particular, one about wearing clerics, but then that desire to love people like regardless and, and also being loved regardless of what your capacity for action or capacity for production is. Um, it's how that's how God operates, uh, and so I think we we want to love like that. But to that point, the the Larsh community it really is insanely beautiful how they operate. Uh, the way they understand it is that they live in community with part of it will be um, folks without disabilities will live with like fifty percent folks with disabilities, whether it's physical or mental, and so they're they're all one one house together and like those who work who can work work and those who can't will stay home and take care of those who are in need and um and so it really is like family living but it's it's all by choice to live and take care of those who have disabilities and i mean he has some incredibly yeah jean vanier has some incredibly beautiful writings um one that sticks out to me just a a phrase is that the most painful experience in human existence is the cry of somebody who is alone. And he thinks really that's what folks with disabilities who are isolated, what they experience more than anything, that's the actual pain that they have is being left alone because they can't do anything. And so they, they recognize that they're unwanted. So the whole community is meant to comfort and to be present, to reject that lie that they're unwanted. Um, and so it's like, a way that they love as God loves is to love somebody regardless of what they can or can't do. And so the, the whole communal mindset and philosophy is based on that. And working with folks with, with disabilities, whether physical or mental, are like it's such an opportunity to be loved by God the way that, um, the way that he actually loves by loving them. And what, what made me think of it was this weekend I preached on, on Christ the King. I preached about our trip to Lourdes mm. and that Christ, Christ kingship is, it's the opposite of, of how we think it would be, but it's not about lording power over people, but it's essentially the capacity to rely on nothing, on no worldly power, only love. And so Christ gives up everything and totally... He puts all of his eggs in one basket, love, that that's all he needs. And so he gives up everything else. And just the experience in Lourdes, when you do the procession and you see the leaders of the entire procession is all the folks who have disabilities. Like Lourdes, they are number one. They get they get put at the front of the line. And I, I, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast, but they're wheeled around that place like they are kings and queens. And so the, the people become servants to them and in so doing elevate them, the folks with, hand, with disabilities, to their, to their reality 
but then they also love like Christ to people who, who do have these abilities and just seeing them leading this procession, they got the candles and I mean, they could not be happier and it's just like perfect harmony. It's like, this is, this is actually what it's supposed to be like here. Um, and I, as I was preaching, like I, I was just preaching to my family. I celebrated mass for my family and like almost started crying just because of the impact of how beautiful seeing all of that was. Um, so every, every, all, everything that you're talking about, just um, like I, I really, I have that desire too. And I know I don't always do it. Um, but there's something like super freeing about just serving people who clearly need, who, who clearly need your love. It's just so free and easy to give it. Mm. And I, I guess that's something that's challenging for me is, uh, that's not always entirely visible, even though it's entirely real all the time. Like we really need each other's help all the time, but it's just not always so apparent. Um, and so that need isn't always so visible, but yeah, that well, so, and even, I don't know what kind of what I'm getting at. I, that's, that's really true. And I love that image of the, of the, disabled people being the leaders and the kings and queens because that that's the kind of thing that always tugs at something very deep and kind of unsayable unsayably true like there, there's this one video that always gets me and I'm, I'm not a sentimental person but there's this one video of that dad who used to run Ironman races with his handicapped oh, yeah. son and like tow him in a dinghy through the water parts and then push him in a stroller for the running parts and he had a special seat on the front of his bike so he could feel like he was running an Ironman marathon and there's this part at the very end of the video where he's running across the finish line the dad looks completely exhausted and people are just like spraying the boy with water and the look on his face of like victory and triumph is Mm. unmistakable and the dad is just staring at his son's face like drinking in all that work on his part was just so that he could look at his son, enjoy this, you know, Mm. um, there's something so true about the father's love being that simple. Um, and that relentless, but there's this, there's this other deeper side. And I kind of hinted at it with with the Mr. Rogers movie, because I did have this feeling like, gosh, I am so far from being that, you know, I still am a sinner. I, you know, talk bad about people. I instrumentalize human beings and, and I worry about my future and I don't depend on totally on God. And I don't, I'm not so in awe of people as people, you know, I'm more worried about my own stuff and making sure that I'm happy and all that kind of just fallen human garbage. You know, I'm not there. Uh, but that's where I even like see another point of conversion is, yeah, well, that's the truth. That's who I am. And that's who God beholds when he looks at me. And this is like a Merton thing with the seeds of contemplation is God will not address the false self. You know, because a lot of times what I bring to God is who I wish I was. Hmm. You know, and thinking this is what I need to be. This is how I need to talk to him. This is how I need my heart to be open so that he can talk to me. Uh, You know, it's like blushing with embarrassment at how I am sometimes, but being honest about it, 
you know, and going through my day and not trying to sugarcoat or soften any edges about myself or how I acted or what I was thinking about or, or anything like just, he knows who I am. And he is like Mr. Rogers, just staring at me, utterly fascinated, even though he's bigger than the whole universe adds nothing to him, to his glory. And yet he's interested in me, one of his creatures, you know? And that kind of love is really, it can be painful for the right reasons, you know, because it, it makes you convert your mind to the reality of things and not how you wish they were. Because so much of life, I feel like, can turn into this, if not self-perfection, then just um, manipulation of reality until yourself is who you hope, the ego, it's all ego management, you know? And pride at the bottom of it is that like, I can't be that imperfect. I can't be a jerk. So there must be a reason why Mr. Rogers is lame and boring and I'm actually right. You know, it can't just be that I'm, (laughs) I am not good enough, but that's okay. And I'm getting better and God's doing work on me in his time. That's a Jacques Philippe thing. It's not enough to just want what God wants, including your own perfection and charity. You have to want it the way he wants it, which is how he's doing it, you know? And I've said and done stupid things and I continue to not be perfect. Um, But God is using me every day. And that's part of it too, is to see some of the good stuff. And uh, a lot of times it's our own imperfections or our own idiosyncrasies that, that put us in positions where we can respond to grace. Like you're saying about weakness, you know, a lot of times it's your disabilities or your your faults that become sort of these impetuses to depend more on him. Anyways. Dude, well, you're, you're, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of face to face, heart to heart stuff that's going on. Um, yeah, not much to be said about it. Honestly, it's as, the Reverend Father Gallagher would say, like, that's legitimately sacred ground that you're treading on there. Face to face. Face to face. Yeah. Well, I kind of want you guys to hear my song. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have one more story. Okay. And this is, it has to do with wearing clerics. And I actually told this story. I did a FaceTime deal with Sister Alicia's class this morning. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? It was good. She's going to give me feedback. <laughs> <laughs> of course. She was like, are you open to feedback? I'm like, I think you're going to give it either way, sister. <laughs> so let's just let's be real, which is good. I need, I need lots of feedback because I'm not perfect, quote, unquote. Uh, Apparently, so, I make kids cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I don't shower. <laughs> Um, so I had heard a bunch of stories growing up about priests traveling through airports and like having all these wild experiences of folks, um, seeing them and asking to go to confession. And I had never heard, I've never had that before until this past trip home for Thanksgiving, which Thanksgiving in the Mets household was absolutely wonderful. I hope y'all had good Thanksgivings as well. It was nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was a nicety. I had to throw that in there. So I'm traveling through the airport. I'm in my clerics and I legitimately was having like a stink day. I don't think I had eaten and it was like five, this five yesterday? PM or something. 
What's that? This was yesterday, your 13-hour day? No, no, no. No, that was hellish, though. <laughs> this was on the way to oh, D.C. Okay. There was just a bunch of stuff. I can't, I can't remember. I just remember having a prayer like, Lord, you have got to help me because I'm about to have a full-on meltdown right now. Like, I need food. I really need like to experience some of your life and something. It was just one of those type of prayers like, help me, I'm dying. <laughs> uh, so I see a McDonald's, get a ton of Mickey D's. Hopefully <laughs> that will satisfy me. And yeah, about well, generally I'm sitting. has McDonald's, by the way. What's that? About time an airport has McDonald's, by the ah, way. Stupid LA. What ah. in the world? Uh, LA airport doesn't have McDonald's. That was a, that's a travesty. Yeah. It was. So I sit down with a Big Mac and a McChicken sandwich with a Mondo fry and a ginormous Coke. And I'm about to just scarf my face with some Mickey D's. And this guy comes up and he says, hey, when I saw you walk into this terminal, like legitimately God walked into my life. And, and I'm sitting there like nodding my head like, yes say it can you come into your life like in five minutes actually (laughs) after i'm done eating (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so he's like well can i go to confession and i'm like oh yeah there it is so we went over i mean he legitimately was just gonna go right there and we were we were at one of those booths in the middle of the terminal like it, it was so it almost felt like that voyeurism type deal. Like nobody should be seeing this right now. Mm. And so I, I kind of moved him. I was like, here, let's just sit on the side. And so we're on one of the side of those really long airport benches. And we just leaned in close, like, uh, you know, like heads are, were just pretty close to one another. And there was a guy sitting behind me where you kind of like share the same back seat and mm-hmm. a person, maybe two chairs over to the left of him. And he just made this really beautiful confession And I just sort of encouraged them and, you know, just kept telling them to respond to grace. And it was maybe a five minute confession and I absolved him and he popped up, kissed my hands, popped up and I never saw him. He wasn't on the same flight. I'll never see him again. But the dude made a Mondo confession. It was very beautiful. And I went back and just ate McDonald's and like in front of God and everybody, this dude just was forgiven of all of his sins. <laughs> like awesome. this moment of, it was surreal. And then I just came over and crushed a Big Mac. <laughs> it was like, it was so bizarre. Cause I was like, so overcome with happiness that, uh, that this guy responded to just seeing my collar and that I was able to live my priesthood there. And, and it was so wild just being in front of everybody like everybody saw what happened, but nobody has any clue what just happened. Just how profound of a moment that was. And like the reality of what just occurred happened right in front of everybody's face. Mine too. And like, I only got a glimpse of it, you know, but like God's love just manifested itself full force, power of the cross on the side of some bench in the middle of O'Hare airport. And and then I went and ate a Big Mac and that was it. And he just left. And like we both knew it was totally unspoken, but like this is beautiful and I will never see you again. And I love you. And so does God. So thanks be to God for that. And then just right back, boom, 
right back into everyday life. It was so, uh, it was surreal. It really was. So that was a really cool priest experience that I had never had before. I don't know if y'all have had any airport confessions like that before. Hmm. I haven't. No, me neither. That was really cool. It was a big grace. Yeah. You asked for it. I did. I did, and I thought I got it in the form of a Big Mac. <laughs> well, you got it in the form of a Big Mac, too. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was You beautiful. know what, though? With McDonald's, um, I have been hungry and chosen to eat McDonald's, too, but I don't know about you, but I cannot have that be... Like, when I have a deep hunger, a lot of McDonald's is not better than a little McDonald's. Or can you Can you eat that and not feel crummy after like i, I, I i'll have a mcdouble and maybe a small fry and that's it but if i have like th- multiple sandwiches and a large fry and a coke i'm just like what did i do <laughs> <laughs> i did feel crummy and i actually didn't even enjoy it that much when i was eating it it was like a bad it was a bad big mac mm, uh, airport big mac yeah. So the whole experience, the McDonald's certainly was not the satisfaction of God's love that I was hoping for. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your lesson. The whole thing's a parable, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the kingdom of God is like a Big Mac in an airport. Yeah. No, but I will, because of that experience, I will probably always wear my collar traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of that experience, I'm going to do that. Dude, it was so ridiculous, man. Like, I'm not old enough to be doing what I'm doing, one. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's one of the things that I feel is when stuff like that happens, I always think, I'm barely an adult, and you guys have all <laughs> lived a lot more life than me. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> you know? This but, guy was awesome. Dude, it was so cool. Yeah. And I, I know people were, there was like a bunch of people who were, they looked at me as I came in. And they were certainly watching me. They watched him come over. You could just feel. Yeah. So just the whole scene of seeing what's happening, but then you're not actually seeing the reality of what's happening, which is kind of the human experience at all times. But um, it was just on full display there in in that moment. So Hmm. that's a big grace to be able to be a part of that. That's a very cool story. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. I'm gonna wear my clerics at an airport next time. Just go around. Oh, oh, you, did oh. did you say did, confession? <laughs> what? Just walk <laughs> around with your purple stole on. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Okay. Oh, you? Yeah. Oh. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like yeah. night at the Roxbury. You, you, me, you, me, 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 you. <laughs> Just sit down next to people in the name of the Father and of the Son. <laughs> you look like you're racked with guilt. <laughs> Hello, miserable sinner. How long has it been? <laughs> I've come to save you. Smolonic told a story one time. of <laughs> uh, He heard somebody's confession at an airport, and he must have had his stole on for, pe- for people to, be, to indicate that he was hearing confessions because then he said a line formed <laughs> while he was sitting there <laughs> waiting for his flight. Uh, he started like a line formed for confessions <laughs> in the airport. Only Smolonic. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) 
Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.